Hello, Formula One fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Starting Grid Podcast. I'm your co-host, as always, Shane Hoke, alongside my good friend, Rome KD, Red Bull driver Max Verstappen, charged to his first ever Spanish Grand Prix pole position by comfortably getting the better of Ferrari rival Carlos Sainz in a surprise P3 for the starting grid on Sunday for McLaren's Lando Norris in Saturday's qualifying session at the Circuit de Barcelona, Catalunya, Rome. Verstappen takes his 24th career pole position. Another dominant session from the man in black and red, and it just doesn't seem like anything is going against him at the moment. He just seems to just continue to impress, you know, and, and blow out the rest of the field. Your, your instant thoughts to the qualifying session today? I mean, we just continue to be broken records on this podcast because we all mm-hmm. know that this guy is just going to be dominant, like, through and through. And I know we're going to talk about it in Q3, but man, this dude put in put on a flying lap. Like he put in like Monaco numbers on pole laps in a regular circuit in Barcelona, which to me, from the camera angle, seemed like a pretty high, a, a pretty high elevation circuit. Which I don't know if that accounts for anything, but it should because you know, you get, as we've seen before, you get fatigued in high elevation. So, but. All those challenges, all those curveballs that get thrown at him, he just continues to do what he does best and just dominates this whole grid, everybody. And he's on his track to win a third straight world title. It's as simple as that. But honestly, the, where from P2 onward gets really jumbled up and really interesting, which could create for some exciting racing tomorrow. So I'm excited to talk, talk about that as well and to watch it tomorrow. For sure, and Verstappen, who did win the event in 2016-2022, but he's never started it from front of the grid. He will do that tomorrow. Rome converted his practice clean sweep into P1 for Sunday's race with a dominant performance across the grid decided an hour. But you mentioned, Rome, the likes of Sergio Perez, you know, going through another tough call line session around uh, Max Verstappen's Red Bull teammate. We're going to touch on him a little bit later, but I want to get into right now you know, the margin was just ridiculous for Verstappen to signs. It was it was half a second, almost half a second. And then you have North, then you have Gassi, who we'll get into a little bit later on, who might not be able to start fourth because of the impeding penalties. Then you have Lewis Hamilton in fifth. But let's talk about Carlos Sainz at his home race room. He puts it on the front row. And if we know anything about Barcelona circuit, it's that starting on the front row, you're not out of it, definitely not. You can get a slipstream on to the first turn. And you can really take hold of that race going forward. So your thoughts on the home favorite, Carlos Sainz, putting it on the front row for tomorrow. What a lap from the Ferrari. When his teammate, Charles Leclerc, who we'll get into later, wasn't even able to make it out of Q1 room. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about Leclerc because we got some thoughts on him. But just talk about my guy, Carlos Sainz, real quick. Because this man went on an insane run. In, especially in Q3, because he when, when it when it looked like Norris locked up P2, Sainz came in there last minute and just locked up P2 from him. And to be honest, I thought Fernando Alonso was going to be in this position, but he's in P9, which worries me because going into qualifying, I was like, if Alonso puts in a good result, maybe even goes top three, I think he has a chance to legitimately win this thing and not just say he wins it because like it's just like some conspiracy, like. If he puts in a good result, I really think he could win. But he's in P nine, and that's not that's not something you want to see from a guy like him. But I'm, I know I'm kind of going off topic, but just 
to see like two two Spanish guys in the top ten is really interesting to watch, and especially in for science's case in the top two because I thought he's usually in that P six P eight range, but he's in P two to start the grid. And this is very similar to Coda last year where, you know, I think it was Verstappen and Science won two. Or no, I think Science got pulled and Verstappen had two in Coda. And they were battling towards that turn one right at the start. And then and then Verstappen just kind of took over at that point. But could we see Science get revenge on Verstappen in the turn one and lap one? Maybe. And I know we're going to talk a little about, a little about this with Leclerc. But I think we have to start like turning the gears a little bit and starting a conversation that like, is Carl Sainz a better driver than Charles Leclerc? Like, I think we need to start that conversation and it hates me to say it because Leclerc has such good potential, but this season, especially science has had his number and you guys can look at the stats all you want. You guys might think it's crazy what I'm saying right now. And then the Stephen A. Smith of F1, but let's just be real here. Science has put in more points than Leclerc this season. And when Leclerc had P2 last year, I think he's in, what, like P8 in the championship standings right now. So Sainz has been doing his thing and surprising me and surprising a lot of people. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm really intrigued to see what he can do tomorrow and see if he could pull home a win for that Scarlet Red that can really just band-aid that damage that, that Leclerc had in, uh, in Q1. Mm. Well, Rome, we'll get to that interesting take a little bit later on in the podcast. I, de- I definitely want to talk about the fact that, you know, and we're going to talk right now about Q1, Rome, and the fact that Leclerc was unable to get out of Q1. So let's get into the first qualifying part of has it happened. Finn's galore, Roman, this Barcelona circuit. Leclerc, however, is the big name. He suffers a, so- a shock exit, Rome. And... Let's get into your point about science potentially being a better driver than Leclerc at the moment because I honestly I have to agree with you because I know this might be surprising, but you know, like you said, Rome, the eye test shows that science is putting in better performance right now, and so do the stats. You know, he's out qualified Leclerc a couple of times this season. He's now Rome once again, probably gonna have the points finish when Leclerc doesn't, like he did back in uh Bahrain and like he did. Um, like like he did back in Bahrain, I should say, when the Claire DNF. You know, he's got one DNF to the Claire's two so far this season. So it's like all the signs are pointing to science being the main driver for Ferrari at the moment, which is kind of crazy to say because I know I just I think when we look back on this podcast, maybe even a year ago today, like Steins was just he wasn't having the best season. He didn't have the best season in twenty twenty two. You know, if you look back at the driver's championship, he finished in fifth place, which isn't terrible, but he finished behind the looks of George Russell and his teammate Leclerc by a pretty decent margin. So, you know, it's his comeback year this year, it looks like, and he's ready to take that grasp of lead role for Ferrari, especially the credit sides to move on room, which is looking more and more likely now. But it's definitely, it's a conversation that has to be started because, you know, if it continues to happen this way, maybe he is just a better driver and maybe he is the new face of Ferrari. So um, let's also get into, you know, who else got out in Q1 though, Rome. So like I said, there was a bunch of spins. Um, Leclerc finished P19, which is just treacherous for him. But Logan Sargent, Alex Albon, two Williams is there out in Q1. Tevin Magnussen goes out in Q1 as well. 
And but so um, so does Valtteri Bottas, and I want to get to Valtteri Bottas real quick. We've we've had we've had some criticism for Valtteri Bottas on this show before, and my boy Chathan won't like hearing this, but. Valtteri Bottas, is his career coming to an end um, pretty soon, sooner rather than later? And, and another Q1 exit for the man in Alfa Romeo. He got out-qualified by his young teammate Joe Guanyu for another time this season, and it's not looking great for the man in red and black room. Ladies and gents, I think we have um, our first hot take. Or not first hot take. I already spat a hot take before. This is our second one, and probably even hotter than the first one, if you can believe it. I think we I think we got to put the wash label on Botas because I I know I'm spitting hot fire right now with these takes but look, just look at the results the past couple of seasons. I know Chathan can like do all the hand motions and the jaw drops and the eye openings and whatever else he does on the Zoom account. But we just got to be real with ourselves for a second. Botas is way past what he did at Mercedes and way past whatever he did at Williams and all the other teams he's been on before that. Because I don't know if it's him or that car. The synergy is just not working to his advantage right now. And I'm kind of in that same boat with you about Haas, even though Hulkenberg puts together a great qualifying. Even though like Haas was going going down towards the towards towards the years going on. I think Botas is in that same range where he's just kind of been going down and down and down this grid. And he just further proves my point that he's kind of past his prime at this point. And as much as we hate to say it, that he was P3 in a bunch of the Lewis Hamilton just dominances of the two 2010s, he was right there with him. But could we, like I mentioned this before when Chathan was on, and I'll say it again, could we just say that like Botas had a good stint with Mercedes because he was in a good car? I mean, that's not, that's really not out of the realm of possibility, at least in my opinion. But I don't know. We'll see what Botas can bring to the table tomorrow, but it just continues to be a flat-out stinker for him this year. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, Rome. And honestly, I'm actually I'm going to give a little bit of a sports comparison here to Valtteri Botas. I'm going to go uh, in, in, in the world of golf, and I'm going to label Valtteri Botas as the Phil Mickelson of Formula One. I think this guy has been right next to his better competitor in Lewis Hamilton, Phil Mickelson being that always second place fiddled to Tiger Woods back in the early 2000s. He just can never quite get over the hump. I know he's got race wins, but no more driver's championships for him. And it's not looking like he's going to get one anytime soon. Retirement's going to be coming, you know, really quickly for him, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's a shame, but it's a reality, and we got to talk about it. So, Valtteri Bottas knocked out in Q1 Rome. And his teammate, Joe knew getting into Q2. So, it might not be the car. Um, okay, let's now get into Q2 Rome. Yuka Sonoda, Nick DeVries, that pair of Alphataris knocked out. Joe Guan Yu, who I mentioned, but an impressive, a decent, decent qualifying session from Joe Guan Yu. But Rome, George Russell and Sergio Perez knocked out in Q2. George Russell knocked out in Q2 for the second time this season, Rome. Sergio Perez knocked out, not getting into Q3 for the second time in a row this season uh, after coming off of a tough weekend in Monaco. What's going on with these big name drivers at the moment, Rome? I really have no clue, and I think we finally got some parity in F1. Thank God, because it's it's desperately needed. Even though Verstappen is just going to take all the P1s that he wants, the parity is just still going to happen. And I think we just got to talk about Checo first, because, I mean, you guys know as much as Shane does that I'm like one of the biggest Checo truthers out there, but he just hasn't had a good last couple of races. I mean, 
yeah, 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 he's put in a, a couple race wins to start the year, but it just hasn't really looked that good for him so far, especially in these last two races with Monaco and now in Spain. So, I mean, hopefully he can manage to do better than expected, but I, I think it was just today, it was just a matter of pace not being there for him. And now we're kind of starting to see, okay, he might have a little bit of flaws, but I have hope that Checo can pull through because I believe he still has that ability to just push through it and get some meaningful points for this team. I think his highest point could probably be like P7. I think I think that's legitimately where he can be at by 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 tomorrow's end. And we'll listen, we'll see what happens with him. But I, I'm intrigued to see what he can do and respond from this adversity. And I don't know if I could say the same thing about George Russell though, because yeah, that Mercedes has made good upgrades, and yeah, they had a P4 and a P5, but. I don't know. Russell, Russell just did not have a good day. I don't. It was probably something to do with the track and the wheels just not, or the car just not adjusting to a wet track on slicks. So, or not fully wet, but like damp track on slicks. So, not what you want to see from Russell's kind of embarrassing performance from him, just to be frank. But this is very, very interesting qualifying for both both Perez and Russell. Yeah, and that saw the top 10 run look very interesting besides the lack of, of course, for stopping being on pole. But we got a very weird combination of drivers who are in the top 10 of this race. So I'll go down from 10 to 1 right now. So we got Oscar Piastri starting P10 room. So once again, another great uh, qualification for Oscar Piastri. He qualified 11th in Monaco. Uh, P10, he got into Q3 this time around in Spain. Fernando Alonso, the home favorite, in ninth place. Nico Hulkenberg in eighth place. Esty Bestie Ocon in seventh. Lance Stroll out qualifying his teammate for the first time this season. Lance Stroll, he saw that graphic on F1's TV account about him and the, the track comparison. And Alonso just dominated every single part of the track. And he said, you know what? I'm going to turn on my jets for one last time. It's kind of like the Lance Stroll cycle that I sent you on Instagram the other day, Rome. Has a terrible race, puts it in the barriers, and then comes back the next week and looks like he's a man on a mission in that Astomar and rocket shit that is in 2023. So he's qualified P6. Lewis Hamilton, strong Q1 session, Rome. He went fastest in Q1, but he misses out on the front row by uh, half a tenth of a second. Um, he's in P5. Pierre Gasly, P4. It looks like he's not going to be in P4, though, after some of the penalties that he had um, investigated by the FAA. Lando Norris, though, P3. And I want to get into Lando Norris right now, Ron, because McLaren seemed to be turned the Jets on at the right time of the season. They start off the season slow. People were joking about their tracks over car. But now Zach Brown's got this triple crown livery, and it looks really nice, and the car is driving really well. And there's something about Lando Norris and these throwback helmets that is just he likes to wear them and he oozes confidence with them, Rome. But both of the McLarens in the top 10, and really good opportunity for them to get points because – in their fight with Alpine right now, Rome, they sit 18 points behind them after Alpine dominated in Monaco with double points finish. But of course, Esteban Ocon with that podium finish. But McLaren, Rome, they need to start racking up the points if they want to challenge Alpine for this best of the rest fight in 2023. I mean, just, I mean, you could just say that I was right all along because I called this all the way back in like late February when we did our season predictions to start the year. And I and you guys, you, me, and Chatham were like, oh, this McLaren's gonna be a tractor. He's this McLaren's not gonna go anywhere. He's gonna be in the Williams Alpha Tire range. I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. This is a 22 race season. 
okay, these guys can get upgrades. These guys can put in good results because we know how good Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri are on good days. And this was one of those good days. Insane performance from Lando Norris. Could not have asked for anything better, especially after the season that he's had so far. Definitely not what you want to see. So to get this result is super encouraging. And then Oscar Piastri right behind him doing his thing as well. He's been kind of that sneaky good guy as well who's just put together consistent race, consistent races and hasn't gotten a lot of DNFs to start the year. So I guess just from that alone, I, mean, I think McLaren is in a good spot for tomorrow. Actually, a really good spot because I think if Norris can just hold on to P3 or maybe even somewhere – like a little bit higher, a little below that, I think he'll be in a good spot. And then Piastri can, I mean, he can try and get past Alonzo, but we know how good of a, of, of a defender Alonzo is. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I think race day is going to be very interesting to watch, especially with this top 10 that we have on this grid. Mm. Yeah, I got a bull prediction for that Norris coming on later in the show. So I'm looking forward to uh, spilling that out um, for the race on Sunday. So now um, let's get into those three big predictions. I want to get, some of your thoughts on what's going to happen, your opinions on what you think is going to happen in the race on Sunday afternoon in Barcelona, Rome. So give me three bold predictions. I know you've already given me some crazy takes on this podcast already about the likes of science being the favorite face of Ferrari and, you know, Valtteri Bottas, his career is being washed and maybe he's just never been that it guy. So it's been, it's been a spicy podcast so far in the 20 minutes that we've been only been recording this for, but um, your thoughts on what's going to happen, Rome, give me your podium, but also give me a, maybe another spicy take for maybe a bold prediction. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I mean, I just give the people heaters. It's as simple as that, but <laughs> I think, you know, just for, I'm, I'm going to give you like a prediction that's not really that bold, but it's kind of what's going to happen tomorrow. I think we touched on it earlier. You said it a couple of times. I don't think Gas is going to start P4. I think he'll start towards, I don't know, maybe like P10, P11, because I think he'll get a big penalty, especially for those double impeding stuff that the FIA has got to look at. And you could just tell from the video, it's clear as day that he was impeding uh, both for Stappen and Sainz on their on their runs to on their hot laps. So I don't think Gasly is going to start P4. I, I don't think he's going to have that good of a race either. But now that we got that out of the way, let me talk about this podium real quick because as much as I want parity, I mean Verstappen, Verstappen's been doing his thing. I think I think I have him for the win. I think I also have Science P2. I just think with the way that he's been racing that car, especially in qualifying, I think he's gonna do well. And I mean, I gotta root for a home hero. So the home hero that get, gets that advantage for me. And then I think P3 is gonna come down to either Lando or Lewis for me, because I just think Lewis's pace, especially in qualifying, was incredible. And although Russell didn't have that pace and I just kind of, you know, messed with Mercedes on their upgrades, I think it worked out for Hamilton's sake. And I think he just knew how to drive that car today. I just think for Russell, it was a totally different story. I guess they just had different cars today for some reason. I don't know. But I do think Hamilton could get into that P3. I know I've been like, teasing that he's been kind of watched but that was at the start of the year and now that i'm starting to see him put consistent results i was like okay i gotta chill i gotta chill with this hot take he's still he's still lewis hamilton he's, he's not gonna get wins but he's still gonna put in consistent results and i can't just i can't just let that go to bed that easy so i have Verstappen p1 science p2 and lewis hamilton p3 hmm. all right so now let's get to 
my manifestation of what I think is going to happen in the race on Sunday. In P3, I have Lewis Hamilton on the podium. I think he's going to get uh, the podium. I think he's been driving really well, especially on Saturday. He put in a good free practice, three session. That's a wall on Friday, but he put in a good quality today. And he was this close to be on the front row right next to first top. And what a battle that would have been. But I think we're going to see him P3. Now in P2, I have Max Verstappen in P2. Um, I think something has to go wrong for him this season at some point. He can't just dominate every single race. Um, he can't just convert every single pole position into a win. And in P1, to cement his new face of Ferrari, I have Sergio Perez winning his home race, his home Grand Prix, and overtaking Wait, Verstappen. Sergio? Not Sergio Perez. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Carlos Sainz winning his home Grand Prix and uh, overtaking Verstappen on to turn one. So that's what I think is going to happen. Um Paris is not going to be anywhere near near that not near that podium tomorrow. I don't know what I'm smoking right there, but that's uh, too good. That's too good. Yeah, Paris also, is. Uh, you know, what do you say? I was like, I was going to say my uh, bull prediction as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. Yeah, I got one too. I got I got a couple more too down down the po- down the points. Um, I think my bull prediction is that Nico Hulkenberg is going to get some points today. Oh, I just feel okay. Like with the pace. I just, I just think with the pace that he had in qualifying, he got fastest lap at one point, but he, of course he got knocked down a bunch. Yeah. But I think he has the pace to do really well on the circuit, and I get it that he's uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Bark but no bite uh, when it comes to race day, but I think I think this time he can actually get it done because he's put in some mm. great lap times, especially in free practice, where I think he had like P3 and like FP2 or FP3. I'm not really sure which one, and then this PA and uh, in Q3, so I feel like he has the pace to get it done. I mean, he could just as easily drop down in P15, and that'll be that. But mm. I think he could get in some points uh, tomorrow. It should be very interesting. Yeah, Rob, let's have a side bet on this because I don't think Nico Hulkenberg's finishing in the points. I think that he's going to drop down a little bit, and uh, that's our first side bet of the day. I'm um, going into tomorrow, but my other bold prediction, Rome, is that Alex Albon finishes. Ahead of Charles Leclerc. That's my. I mean, he's already prediction. ahead of Leclerc at the start, though. So I know, but you got to you got to still think that's bold, though. You got to still think that's bold. No, 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 it, it is Williams. bold. It is bold, but I'm just saying he's starting already, starting ahead of him. So I understand that. I understand that, but you you'd expect the Ferrari to overtake the Williams. I don't think that's true. Gonna happen. Yeah, 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 I can see that. I can see that. I don't know I mean, Alba's that guy. Though, so I, and listen, surprised. I still think Leclerc has the talent to win a World Championship. I really do. But I just like yeah, I think he has to get his head away from Ferrari. I think and and, and Rome, let's yeah. close on that real quick because there just seems to be something up with the club. We know how talented he is. We're calling him the second fiddle now in Ferrari, but maybe that's just not the case. But uh, right now at the at the moment, it's reality. Um, but it could be uh, underlying circumstances that we just don't know what's going on behind the scenes and and him as affecting his driving performance. So I guess for your for your standpoint, Rome, what team does the Claire go to? Does like there's just not really any spots for him anywhere, is there? No, there has to be a Sebastian Vettel type of retirement for things to just go haywire. Yeah, but I I think I think the only spot open right now, like I guess, would be Alpha Tari. But there's no way he's gonna go to Alpha Tari because that's like a severe downgrade. So there's no way we're even putting that in the discussion. 
and then I guess Alpha Romeo is the other option, but that's also a downgrade. Oh I mean, God. I think he's just kind of stuck to be really completely honest with you. Yeah. I mean, if if I think I think if if Daddy Stroll wasn't at Aston Martin and Lance Stroll was out of that seat, I think yeah. Leclerc slides right in with Fernando Alonso it makes that team mm. scary. But I think right now he's just stuck. I feel like he needs to get out of get out of this rabbit hole that he's in and just do what he does best. And I think he just it's either the luck, the car, the team, like his mindset. I don't know. I've said this like yes, I said this last week where I don't know if his like something with his mindset is off or just something feels off with him this year. And it didn't feel like this last year because last year I remember he had a lot of like unlucky things happen to him with like DNFs and stuff like that that was really out of his control. But I feel like this time around it's kind of in his control and he's still mm. making mistakes. So I feel like we need to kind of start looking at it and being like, okay, like is is he really is he really that guy still? Because so far this year it hasn't looked that great. But hey, we can mm. we, we could talk about this again at Abu Dhabi and he'll just put it together some great results towards the end of the year and we and he, and he could just um quiet us that way so yeah. very interested to see well, what happens with the start of the rest of the year i've got i've got one last bull prediction up my sleeve um rome and this isn't for the race but this is for the 2024 season sergio perez's results recently in qualifying these past two weeks have not been good enough i think that trend might continue charles leclerc drum roll please Will be a Red Bull driver in twenty twenty four. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I just, uh, I think you know, Paris is a talented driver. I just don't think he's a Red Bull caliber driver at the moment. I think he could still be in Formula One. I'm not gonna say he's retired. He's gonna retire, but I think this is the plot twist in drivers survive mid season next year. Charles Leclerc. Bins Ferrari to sign for Red Bull in 2024. So that, and, and what a dynamic that would be. Are we having the two most talented drivers on the grid in the same exact car room, battling out for the World Drivers Championship? And you'd have Verstappen and Leclerc, who seem to have a fairly decent relationship with one another. Um, and I know Horner's not quick. He's, he's, he's got very little patience, you know? And so, if these results for Perez just keep on racking up, I know, and I, this sounds crazy because he already has two race wins this season and he almost got a third one. But I just, I think that as father time catches up to Sergio Perez, he's going to continue these inconsistent results. And who better to turn to than arguably the second most talented driver on the grid in Charles Leclerc um, for, for Red Bull in 2024. So that's, that's my bold prediction for the next season. And that's going to, we're going to, we've created a lot of great clips from, uh, from this podcast today. So I'm looking forward to adding this together uh, right after we record this today and putting it out there to the listeners. I'm sorry. Once again, that, that Monaco Grand Prix episode was not released. I was just, it was on a circulation of a whirlwind of an experience for me in, in, in Monaco. And um, I was just bouncing around traveling every single day. And I just didn't have the time to release it. So that's, I'll take the blame on that one. Um, but this one's going to be out because this one has some fire takes on it. Roman, I know you have to get going for to dinner. Um, thanks for joining me all the way from Italy today. I'm back in the States. Um, we'll talk about this race tomorrow, though. It should be a good one. Um, maybe someone else besides her stop and wins. I doubt it, but um, 
I, I predicted Carlos Sainz to win, so we'll see what happens in this home Grand Prix. For Rome KD, I'm Shane Holcomb. This was the qualifying recap for the Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona slash Catalonia. For our co-hosts, everyone that listens, we thank you guys. I'll be putting up a reel very soon on TikTok about my Monaco trip and some experiences from there, some cool videos from there, some uh, interesting people that I met. So I'm looking forward to you guys listening to that, but also a reel later today. So for Rome KD, I'm Shane Holcomb. This was a starting good podcast. Enjoy the race, everyone. Cheers.